Welcome to another episode. Uh, this is actually an older recording that I have uh, back from over the summer when I recorded with the amazing Crystal Thompson, and I'm really, really excited to be sharing it with you all. Um, before I dive into it, I wanted to plug some of my sponsors, the first being Sakara. I know they have so many exciting things coming up, especially with the new year, and um, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely do not want to be like shopping for pro, uh, produce and everything right now. And I would just much rather have full meals delivered to my apartment at a discounted price. So you can do the same. If you go to sakara.com and do the code or use the code XO Zoe at checkout, you'll get 20% off your entire order. So I highly recommend it because I just don't want to be waiting in lines right now. And um, yeah, and Sakara is delicious and they have a ton of new like, New Year detox is coming, um, but also just like really full nutrient dense ingredients that can power you through the holidays, which is what we all need right now. And as always, I wanted to give a shout out to BetterHelp. They are an incredible counseling service that I use and I would encourage everyone who's either new to counseling or maybe, you know, looking for a new therapist to utilize because, they match you with someone who's just fit for your needs. And um, I couldn't have gotten luckier with my therapist that I got matched with. And I just can't say good enough good things. So you can get 10% off your first month if you go to trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe. Again, 10% off your first month of therapy. I just, I can't talk, say enough good things about them. They're awesome. But without further ado, here is Crystal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. Today, I'm so excited to virtually be here with Crystal Thompson, who is a coach, NLP practitioner, and clinical hypno hypnotherapist. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. All right. So why don't you just start out with some background information? Um, so tell me about yourself. Like, where are you from? Where did you grow up? How old are you? What's your story? Yeah, um, I'm 29. I'll be 30 next month. And I grew up half in New Hampshire, half in Tennessee, um, and went to college in Chicago and now live in LA. So I've lived all over the US um, and feel very much at home finally on the West Coast, which is really lovely. Um, yeah, I went to school for uh, photography and worked in that, in that industry for a long time um, and had sort of always somewhere deep down really wanted to be a healer and didn't really know. I, so I kept myself back from it for a long time. I didn't really know how to get into that world. I had a lot of, uh, a lot of resistance within myself to get there and um, yeah, have sort of moved through all of that and I'm now doing this work full time and it's the best. <laughs> yeah. You literally lived in like every single part of the U S I guess. Yeah. Central South. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I, I've done a lot of traveling coast to coast. I feel like I've been through that part of the country, but never lived there. Um, but West Coast is home for sure. And 
prior to beginning a career um, that focuses on helping people, which we can you know, dive into in a little bit, I was wondering if you yourself ever battled any mental health obstacles or anything that you know, may have given you an interest in um, what is now your profession. Yeah, absolutely. It was my own sort of experience and my own struggle in that area that ended up bringing me here, which I think is so true for so many healers. Like for a lot of us, we're, we sort of go on a journey of self-healing first. And then if something lands, if something really works and shifts, we end up wanting to bring that to other people. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of which part to tell you because there's so that, I mean, that is, that story is exactly why I do what I do. I would say the um, the sort of short version of it is, uh, I was dealing with a lot of, um, physical health. I got a really scary autoimmune diagnosis and, um, there was a lot of mental, uh, mental struggle that came with that. A lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of fear. And I was lucky enough to be partnered with, um, a naturopath who helped me move through the physical aspects of, uh, the diagnosis and then was sort of up to me to deal with the mental and so I had been on um, medication when I was young for I was on antidepressants when I was a teenager mental health uh, issues kind of brought in my family and I had done it before and it wasn't bad but I didn't feel empowered to do that again I really don't love for me personally a pharmaceutical is a, a last resort and so I wanted to try um, I wanted to try other things before I went back to medication. So um, I was already practicing yoga at the time and the transition into trying meditation kind of came from that. That was suggested to me by a yoga teacher. And I was feeling this like crushing, consistent depression and anxiety and meditation opened, um, opened for me opened the doors to myself and gave me a tool set to be able to sift and metabolize and understand my own mental health and everything kind of built from there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and did you find meditation to be like an easy, I guess, practice? Because I personally struggle with it so much. It's Definitely something that, you know, is, has the generalization of just being someone closing their eyes and like saying, hmm, but it's, <laughs> it's so hard. It's like mentally, dra not draining, but like, it's like a workout for your brain, basically. Mm, it shouldn't be. So like, if it feels that way, that's really good information, like good feedback that you're sort of getting from yourself about how you might be approaching it. So the kind of like effects of it are almost like going to the gym for your brain, like what ends up happening. So that story I told you that started in 2000, uh, 2017 is when I really started committing to meditation. It's now 2020, it's been about three years and my life is radically different and it is because of that practice. So like on the, on the other side, like the effects of it, it is like going to the gym, but the actual practice of it should be, um, one of allowing it should be easy but at the beginning it's not right because we have this idea where like I have to be the monk that's like sitting on top of the mountaintop like and you know like not speaking for 12 hours in order to meditate no not at all 
the intention, like the real purpose of meditation at the beginning is just to slow down the nervous system enough that you can actually relax and tap into the sort of inner part of yourself. Because we're constantly bombarded with all of these things that keep us away from that, whether it's, you know, screen distraction, um, noise, like literal noise. Uh, I know before you were saying like there's construction nearby, hopefully that doesn't detract, like all of these things that we're constantly stimulated by during the day, it keeps our immune, our um, nervous system really heightened and keeps us in a stress space. And so meditation is a really easy, lovely way to kind of come back into that relaxation state. And then we get to do the sort of like no mind experience. But yeah, at the beginning, it's really, I, w- I found it hard. Absolutely. I remember finding it impossible to sit for four minutes at the beginning. Like I just, it felt like an eternity, right? Mm-hmm. But the the benefit, I mean, now like I sit for 30 regularly and it's not a problem. It's a practice, but it took me three years to get there. But in the meantime, you get to know yourself and you like, you're given, you give yourself this toolkit of being able to sort of reflect and hear what's actually going on in your mind. And then from there, you can work backwards to heal anything you need to. I love that. It's definitely something that I'm going to continue working on because I know I could benefit from it. (laughs) Yeah, everyone can. I really believe that. And so you mentioned that, you know, what healed you, you wanted to pass along. And so that, that leads me to my next question, which is related to all the titles you have. And I was hoping you could kind of dissect and explain, um, you know, what each one means and how they connect and how each is different as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All of it in the sort of umbrella sense, um, is exactly what we were just talking about. The intention is to get us from a physical perspective to get us down into what's called the parasympathetic nervous system, which is a state of relaxation. Once you're there, you can access the mind and make whatever changes you need to make for healing. And so all of my, all of my titles (laughs) are different modalities of different pieces of that process. So I'm a clinical hypnotherapist for one thing, which means um, I help, I guide people in that process of coming down into the subconscious mind Um, and rewriting anything that's down there that might be harmful. So all of us, all of us have subconscious and conscious minds. And the subconscious is what's formed when we're really young, when we're like sort of not very, um, when we're kids, our brain is not really very self-aware yet. It's very outward directed. So we're watching our parents, we're watching our peers, we're watching the media, we're watching our community. We're just sort of making a, a map, if you will, of how to live, what it means to be a human. We do this as we're kids until we're like 14. So anything you experience in those ages um, is used as sort of information to build the subconscious map. And then what we experience consciously is a reflection of that map. That works beautifully when we're young um, and when we sort of need other people to survive. But as we get to be older, we start to realize this is where things like self-sabotage, bad habits, Um, limiting beliefs, like all of those are subconscious reflections. So my work is to help people. I rework backwards from whatever is going on consciously that they're not happy with. Like maybe it's, um, maybe it's work, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's self-love, maybe it's physical health, body image. 
anything that's going on in the in the sort of conscious like experiential day-to-day that doesn't feel good for them I help them work backwards from that and find the subconscious uh, reason essentially because it's always a reflection of something that's deeper in the mind so hypnotherapy is a really um, active way to do that hypnosis is just a deep state of relaxation really similar to meditation but the difference is when you work with a practitioner is they know exactly how to guide you into the specific areas that really need attention um, and love uh, and then NLP is neuro-linguistic programming and that's kind of a more conscious um, conversational version of the same thing so that's more like active coaching I'm trained in um, listening to people's language, the language that people use, and using that as sort of uh, breadcrumbs, if you will, to give us hints as to what might be going on subconsciously. Um, I like to say in this sort of broad sense that I help people find their own blind spots um, and help them work through them, right? Because we all have them. And I think for a lot of people, if you're having a conscious experience that isn't feeling good for you, like I think work is, a really, is one that's really easy to relate to it's really easy to get stuck in that loop and to think that you, to feel trapped in whatever the situation is, right? But um, whatever the situation is, is a manifestation of some subconscious program that you have running. And so I help people kind of get control of that, understand it, find it, and then rewrite it to something that's more supportive. So NLP is, I guess, more of like, in it's more similar to like traditional therapy in terms of like unlocking or like unlocking um, maybe a, a experience or story or a person that who by virtue of like being in your life caused you to feel a certain way, like, you know, 20 plus years later. Am I right? That's like how, that's what the subconscious mind is. Exactly what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, but NLP is more specifically, it's really the language of the mind, like how we talk to ourselves. So like, um, how, what's going on in here language wise, um, it's a reflection of these, um, these sort of systems that we have subconsciously to filter our outside world. So what you're saying, yes, is absolutely right. Like that's, um, that's part of the uncovering process. And then NLP is almost the active, it's, I almost think of it as like a detective work. Like we're using the words that you are saying to yourself to figure out what might be going on underneath. Yeah, it's a really, um, it's a really active, like language-based process. Yeah, absolutely. And so going back to hypnotherapy, does that entail hypnosis? Do you, it does. That, okay, so I have so many questions. I'm so mm-hmm. fascinated. So I guess for like a little background, I wasn't, my freshman year of high school, um, I actually was not at the high school yet because I was a new sophomore, but they brought in a a, um, hypnotist Mm -hmm. and the hypnotist, it was like a a school-wide kind of show. And from what I've heard, they had, they hypnotized two of my friends to think they were giving birth to an egg, that they were like chickens and (laughs) they had an egg birth. Um, and after, and then there was one girl, I forget that they, they also hypnotized, but, um, after the whole performance, 
the two people who were supposed to be giving birth to the egg weren't really like knocked out of the um, hypnotic session. I don't, I don't know the correct term, but yeah. And so they were going around still trying to give birth to this egg. And, <laughs> and then one girl ran into the pond because I went to a boarding school and there was never a, another hypnotist was never allowed back <laughs> on the campus. So I was wondering if you could like dispel some kind of like root, some sort of like rumors or, you know, like people I'm sure have seen get out and like all of that, I guess like anything, you know, that isn't exact, that is somewhat true to hypnotherapy or hypnosis, but isn't like the cliche, like spinning, yeah. you know, circling the, the bowl and um, yeah. And as perceived in yeah. movies. Yeah, for sure. I had the same judgments about it. When I first was presented with the modality, I was like, no, <laughs> that's ridiculous. But now that I use it, it's one of the most powerful things I've ever encountered. And like, I use it on myself all the time. Um, yeah, so stage hypnosis and sort of like party tricks, like what you're talking about, right? Um, a huge piece of, there's two things I want to say about that. So first of all, the subconscious mind is like, its purpose is to keep you safe. So when somebody, when there's like a sort of stage performance of hypnosis and there's a volunteer asked for, nobody would go up there who isn't already the sort of like outward gregarious type, right? Like you are mm -hmm. drawn to right what already feels natural to you. So that's the first piece. Like I think a lot of people have fear at the beginning that like they're going to be asked to do something that's out of their uh, character, out of their nature. And when you're working with a hypnotherapist, you're specifically, again, going in and you're healing things. Like you're not coming into the session to like perform a chicken dance, right? You're coming, when you're working with a practitioner, you've got a specific outcome in mind. So like uh, stopping smoking, for example, or weight loss or like better procrastination habits. Um, when you're coming into work with a hypnotherapist, you've got those things uh, front of mind. So that's where we focus in on. So it's not this like performative um, sort of behavior experience, I guess. But what you saw or the story that you heard is a really beautiful indication of like how powerful it is. So again, what I was saying, the subconscious mind is a program. So whatever is down there is what's repeating over and over and over again. And what that, what your story says to me is that hypnotherapist wasn't very uh, professional in like getting his clients out of the trance state because what you put down there is supposed to be uh, supportive for them moving forward, um, which is why I would never do something like that silly. I mean, the like the chicken thing is hilarious to me, but um, but that's such a good indication. So like if you were, if for example, if you were coming to a hypnotherapist because you wanted to stop smoking, if you think about that story about the sort of the, the egg laying, um, a good hypnotherapist would give you the same script that would then make you not want to smoke in your conscious state. So it's about scripting the subconscious mind, shifting those programs. I like to talk about it almost like a Google Doc. Your subconscious mind is a Google Doc and it's editable. Like you can change anything that's down there, but unless you go in and actively rewrite it, the printout, right, from the Google Doc is gonna be the same every time. So hypnotherapy is a really effective way to do that. But yeah, as you're saying, like it can be used as a sort of party trick, like that is, it is a thing. 
Um, but the actual therapeutic process of it is really powerful and so much less active. Like if you're working with a hypnotherapist, it's really more of a listening and dialogue experience rather than like you're going to be getting up and doing all these crazy things. That's um, so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how do you perform it on yourself? Is that just some type of meditation? It's really similar. Yeah, it's a really similar state. So the way that I work with clients, <clears throat> especially right now, because of COVID, everything is remote. So um, I will do, I do consultations. We basically have a Zoom session, just like this, have a conversation, and we just take inventory of what the client wants to change, what they want to be different in their life, what they want to experience instead, what resources they want to have access to, how they want to feel. I take inventory of all of that, and then I record uh, a track for them. It does end up feeling a lot like a meditation track. It's a, the first process is basically like the physiological relaxation, like what I was saying before, getting into the parasympathetic nervous system. And then once the body is fully relaxed, it's almost like, <clears throat> if you think about your conscious and subconscious mind, like an iceberg, everything that's below the surface is the subconscious. And that's really where all of the change happens. And then what you and I experience day to day is the little tip that's above the surface. So if you can relax the body, you can get beneath that water level and really make changes. And so it's a recording. So the way that I do it for myself is um, I make a recording based on, I treat myself almost like a client and make a recording based on whatever I'm moving through or want to change in my own life. And then I listen to it every day. The subconscious mind really benefits from repetition. So when I give tracks to my clients, I tell them at the beginning, the first two weeks, listen to it every morning, first thing when you wake up. First thing when you wake up and right before bed is when your subconscious mind is most um, available, if you will, like when it's easiest to sort of get in. So yeah, it's a repetition process. That's so interesting. I, that's, And I guess in a, in a way, it, it is so, I mean, granted to get out is like its own, you know, has its own yeah. storyline, but I guess it is kind of similar to, um, I'm forgetting what the actress's name is, but the one yes. who performs that. That's so... Totally. Cool. I mean, it is a really... Yeah, the process, like what you're seeing in the movie. I mean, I don't want to say that that's... What, <laughs> I don't want to make... Um, hypnosis is not a scary thing if the intention is healing, right? That's the thing. It's like, yeah. what's the intention? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you are you there to entertain? Are you there to... Is, is this a horror movie or are you there <laughs> to heal, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely all different things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would hope. And then I guess, so what do your clients come to you with like is there you know do you see any themes in what people are coming to you with I mean especially now with COVID has there been an increase in like anxiety or does it really you know touch on all parts of the spectrum yeah the reason that people come to me initially initially varies quite a lot I work with a lot of entrepreneurs so lots of people building businesses um, that's a really common one uh, anxiety, as you said, um, some relationship stuff, the sort of like outside reason that someone uh, initially looks for support really varies. But what it comes down to always is a question of self-worth, always. That's wow. always at the bottom piece. And in what way, like, do, do you think that people who come to you don't fully love themselves yet? Or... Is it because of like someone else? I guess, is it like an outside source that's making them feel not loved or an inside source or both or neither? Mm, that's a beautiful question. I think it's both because I think it ends up working. It's cyclical. So 
like I was saying before, when we're, when we're kids, when we're young, we're taught everything and all of that makes a home in the subconscious. So for example, if you grow up in an environment where your parents or your teachers are constantly uh, telling you you should be better, or maybe you want to be an artist, for example, but your parents tell you that you can never make any money doing art, you need to get a real job, whatever, like we all have different stories. That's a common one, I think, for creative entrepreneurs. It's like growing up in an environment where their pursuits, their dreams, uh, their real genuine desires were treated as less than. So if that's where you grow up, your parents don't mean anything by it. It's not malicious, but that creates a program, right? So as an adult, if you're trying to build a business doing work that you've been told your whole life isn't as valid as something else, that's going to show up in your manifestations. So it's not necessarily that like the person doesn't love themselves. It's that they haven't been, I think that most of us are taught that our work exists outside of ourselves like you're worthy because you have this job you're worthy because you have the money you're worthy because a partner chooses you no 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 you're worthy because you exist so my work is to help people come home to themselves first and then rewrite what feels better based on what they want to build in their life from that place i love that that's so interesting it was actually like similar to what i was just talking to my therapist about like an hour and a half ago <laughs> Oh, beautiful. About that, like, um, yeah, about, like, where to derive, you know, your your support system and, like, what hierarchy to put the people who are in your support system and, you know, putting yourself first and then at the top. Yes, so. absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Hi, guys. Really quick, I wanted to tell you about the amazing – people who built my website. So quick small plug for Salison City, but if you go to SalisonCity.com, you'll see the amazing work that I will not take credit for because I only helped come up with the idea. The real work and labor was put in by um, the amazing friends that I uh, really developed because of BE Digital. So BE Digital is a small business, um, which obviously we should all be supporting right now. But more than anything, they're just like the, I'm so grateful to have, you know, been put in contact with them because they help, they help me with every step of the building my website, making it completely customizable, which is, um, something that you can't really get with like, I don't know, a, uh, other websites like a Wix or something like that, or like a GoDaddy, like they make it so like personal and really just encompassed the meaning of solace in the city and the brand and the values that I have for the company. So yeah, again, they're more than just a small locally owned company and they're really willing to help you with every step of the way of building your own website. So if you go to bedigitalseo.com, um, you can learn more about them or just message me and I'd be happy to give you their direct numbers because, um, they're just super willing to help all the way. All right. Um, enjoy the rest of the episode. Take care. And okay, so I always end with a couple of questions um, more related to you as opposed to your work. Um, I got them from the New York Times, like 30 questions to get to know someone or if I, I always forget what the article is called. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the first question is, what's one thing that's happened to you in your life that's made you a stronger person today? Mm. Wow, that's a beautiful question. Um, 
I grew up in um, a household of a family, really, and not just a household. Um, I'm the first person um, in my lineage. Um, I want to be loving as I say this. Um, I grew up in a family uh, with a, that was like never really taught how to love themselves. There's a lot of addiction in my family. There's a lot of mental health uh, habits. Uh, and when I was a kid, I really hated it and I resented it. And I felt like, like it had been taken from me, I guess. Like I had like didn't have access to as, uh, as like whole of a family as other people did, like all the words we use. But now as an adult, I really value it. Like I, um, yeah, I, I guess that's like a repeated thing, many things that have happened, but like, yeah, like being, I'm like so grateful that I was born into the family I was born into because it taught me how to heal. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think it, it shows you what you value and, yeah. and how you want others to experience life. If because yeah. of like how you maybe didn't or what you lacked. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My second question is, do you believe everything happens for a reason? Um, I believe, I believe that everything is um, related. So yeah, I guess yes would be the answer to your question. Um, I believe that we are a part of the universe that we inhabit um, and what we experience is a reflection of what we experience on the outside is a reflection of what we're experiencing on the inside. So um, by that same logic, yes, I believe it's all connected. Absolutely. Is that related to kind of the manifestation and the law of attraction? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's so crazy. I, I used to be super, super superstitious. I feel like I'm Michael Scott. Um, but <laughs> I used to be very superstitious and think that if I, you know, if I wish anything positive upon myself, that the reverse would happen. So I never really thought or dreamed big. And then this past year has been like pretty transformational for me. I like how it did start taking medication, but it's been working and I feel, and it was, a, it's kind of been the first year that I've in a while that I've been mentally good and it's just crazy how much good has happened from believing myself and from putting out good energy and from thinking big thoughts and dreaming big dreams and like yeah and I'm now I'm like a firm firm believer that what you put out you give in or you get or whatever that one phrase is absolutely I mean that's a perfect example right if you if you don't think that you can have something better, you're not going to put yourself in the way of receiving it. You're not going to take action toward receiving it. But this is such a beautiful example of that story you just shared because you're, because you have more space mentally, you've got more, um, you feel more connected with yourself. You're going after stuff that you didn't before. Yeah. It's all, yeah. It's all connected. Absolutely. I have that book, The Secret Upstairs. So I should probably read it. Too. <laughs> yeah, manifestation starts in the body. Like how you feel energetically is a good indication of what is or isn't manifesting in your life. Interesting. Okay, I should pick that up. Um, similarly, I guess I just was saying a bunch of, you know, cliches and quotes. Do you have a quote or a mantra that you live by? Hmm, that's a good question. 
Um, yeah, um, actually, and this is so, so prevalent considering that we're on a mental health discussion. Um, my favorite quote is the opposite is depression, isn't happiness, it's purpose. Oh, I love that. Isn't that empowering? Yeah. Yeah. I say that to myself all the time. Is that from something? I heard it on, uh, do you know Kathy Heller? She has a podcast called Don't, Don't Keep Your Day Job. Do you know it? No, but I should really listen to it because I'm quitting my it's day job. It. Yeah, are you? Yeah, to pursue the podcast. Yes! I love it. Oh my God, congratulations. Oh my gosh. That, like, that is one of my, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. When people leave their job, if it's not what they want, that, that moment is like a, a roller coaster behind your, like energetically you're pushing yourself into everything that's meant for you. And that is so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> that means a lot. Yes. I get so jazzed when people quit their jobs. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, her podcast is great and I heard it on there and I, to be honest with you, I can't remember if it's just a thing she said or if it's a, like a known quote from someone else. I don't know, but that's where I heard it. Um, yeah, it's that one for me. I use that as a guide for everything. If I'm feeling disconnected, if I'm feeling depressed, if I'm feeling like, you know, worthless, like all of the things that come up sometimes just by nature of being a human, instead of looking at my happiness, I look at my purpose. Like, are you doing the work you know you're meant to do? Yeah, that's so interesting, too, because I did go through, like, a very dark depression these kind of, like, prior to when I started the podcast and um, for, like, a five-year period. And when I, once I started Sauce in the City, it was the first time I felt like I was doing something that gave me like a passion and a purpose. I mean, I was literally yeah. just writing this out in an application for a grant, but it, it was like sitting back and thinking, wow, I feel fulfilled. And this is exactly what I've been meaning to do with my life and like what I need to do. And so it's so interesting that you said that you gave that quote because it's, I've never like related to something more because it's, I mean, yes, I do feel very like happy now that I created the podcast, but there's some days that yeah. I'm down and it's not that I'm depressed again. It's that, you know, it's just normal mood. Whereas opposed to like, now that I have this purpose, I, every, the, the five years I lost to depression may have been like worth it. They got you here, mm -hmm. right? It, you wouldn't be here in this moment doing this podcast living out this thing that feels so good and so uniquely yours if you hadn't had those five years. Exactly. That's a great example of NLP in practice. And so like the, you could look at those five years and feel terrible about them and be sad that you had that experience or feel like a victim of that experience or feel trapped by that experience. But a reframe is that you now get to do this because you had that experience and you're a better leader in this area because you've had that experience. It's about like everything in our life could be, is, can be for us. It's just a choice. And to like take something as painful as five years of depression and make that the foundation you build a dream on is beautiful. It's, it's so beautiful. Like that is the purpose of living. It's beautiful. Thank you. And second to last question is, what do you love most about yourself? 
I love my ability to marvel. Um, I am really in awe of the world around me. I love food and I love nature and I love losing myself in both of those things. I love that. I haven't gotten that answer yet, but it's, yeah. And especially now, even like it's important because, you know, it, it might seem hard at first with the pandemic to appreciate the little things, but yeah. Yeah. When is your birthday? August 28th. Oh, you're a Virgo. I am, yeah. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I feel like I'm a very stereotypical Virgo, but are better you? for us, yeah. <laughs> my moon and my rising are both Sagittarius, so I feel very balanced. My, like, very, like, over-analytic Virgo side is balanced by this sort of, like, free-flowing like spontaneous spontaneous so yeah yeah I know I've I'm an Aries rising and a Capricorn moon so oh wow so I'm convinced that the Capricorn moon isn't true because that would mean I'm repressed I'm like repressing my emotions and I here I am with a podcast talking about like all of my past trauma so I don't really <laughs> think I'm a Capricorn moon yeah it's not about rep I don't think it's so much about repressing also each side has shadow and light right like if you're not allowing that energy to move through you then it could be repressed but just because the moon's in Capricorn doesn't mean anything is stuck Capricorn is more like um it's like the sign of mastery so like what that means it makes perfect sense to me actually what that says to me is you're a master of your emotions like you understand because the moon is our like an emotional state right our emotional being it's being Capricorn means that you know how to almost like translate it from the emotional into the mental, into the tangible, which makes so much sense to me based on the podcast that you're doing. Oh, wow. Okay. Now I'm believing yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> and final question is, how do you find solace in the city? And city can be whatever you want it to be. Hmm, that's a great question. I live in LA, so this is a very literal answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was actually just doing it this morning. Um, I find solace in the city by getting really high up above it and like looking out over the whole expanse. So um, I was on my roof this morning meditating and I also live really close to um, a couple trails that are like kind of up in the hills. And so I like to get myself if I'm in it all the time, I get really overwhelmed and overstimulated. And so to kind of come up out of it and like see the big picture of the city is how I, how I relax back into it. I love that. So Crystal, thank you so much. This has been such an interesting, I feel like I've learned so much and now like I'm really interested in hypnosis even more than before. Yes. <laughs> Where can everyone like find you and follow you and learn more about um, your practice and uh, what you have to offer? Thank you so much for asking. Um, so my brand name is Hotel Wilderness and you can, my website is hotelwilderness.com and I'm Hotel Wilderness on Instagram as well. Um, those are the best places to reach out to me. I put out a lot of free content, lots of meditations and supportive processes like that. Um, and then I work with clients one-on-one -on -one, and I've got a group program launching in August. So keep, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but keep an eye on that. Awesome. I'll make sure to line it up. <laughs> cool. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So thank you and bye everyone. Bye. Thank you so much.